Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together about twice a week and chew on God's word and uh, share what we have been chewing on in our own uh, personal time as well as our own spaces for ministry. And uh, this week we have Jamie Harms with us. Hello, Jamie. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us. You're most welcome. It is always a delight getting in here because I get to hear, you know, the two-minute version of what's happening in women's ministry from Rachel, mm-hmm. my wife, because she goes, you know, typically to those. And then, of course, I get to hear about it in our meetings. Yes. But I feel like this is, I get a peek behind the curtain <laughs> in these episodes. <laughs> so <laughs> It's, but well, you talk about, you know, we get to talk about what we're chewing on, and this is the stuff that we're chewing yeah. on right now. And it's it's one of those where as I'm starting to dig through particularly these feast it gets more and more exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they get going, so. Yeah, last episode was a lot of fun. We talked about the Sabbath mm-hmm. and uh, Passover feast. So what feast are we looking at this week? So actually, I'm going to clump a f- couple of them because okay. we uh, they, they are grouped, and they're grouped in such a way to tell the whole gospel story. So I figured we could chat about Passover and unleavened bread and first fruits. They actually happen all in the same week in about a 10-day span. Okay. And those particular feasts end up representing and really pointing us to Christ's first coming. And okay. so where we're going with the women's time is we have next kind of the Feast of Weeks, which is in the middle or the summertime, and then the last set of three point to Jesus' second coming. Ooh. And so you kind of get the the, the whole story. But the, these first three that we just finished up really point to Christ's first coming. Nice. So mm-hmm. next time are you going to bring all your esch- eschatological charts and maps and numbers and... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I, it, often, often in studies, I try to work ahead. And in this particular study, I'm just going through it with the ladies. So we'll see what comes nice. up by the time we get there. Nice. <laughs> Lots of, that's a great question. I'll answer you next week after exactly. I go dig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs> great. So uh, you said we're starting with Passover? Yes. Okay. So as I mentioned, the, the the group of these first three feasts happen in quick succession. In fact, they all happen in the same week. And they point to different aspects of the the story of redemption, the gospel story. And so when we see Passover, we see the the, the story of justification, mm-hmm. right? Where we have the Passover lamb, the blood on the doorposts, so that they are passed over. This is nothing that their blood was doing could do for them. This was specifically the Passover lamb. And so that ties in the day after starts the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And we see leaven used in a couple of ways in Scripture, but one of them is for sin and just the uh, pervasiveness mm-hmm. of leaven, if you think of leaven in a lump of dough. And so it, it falls into um, unleavened bread, and then it goes directly into first fruits, which is uh, the first barley harvest mm. and kind of what that means. And so um, for the ladies, we've been looking at first the requirements of each feast that we can see in Scripture, and then we start asking ourselves the kind of what we call the gospel lens. So what does this tell us about who our God is? How do these feasts point us to Jesus? And then after that, how what does this tell us about ourselves, and what should our response be? And then we do a gospel tie-in. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> So we've got Sabbath. That mm-hmm. one is, uh, seems, or I'm sorry, Passover. Mm-hmm. We're starting on Passover. Passover, you've got the atoning work, mm-hmm. you got the death of the lamb. I always think of Prince of Egypt. I grew up watching <laughs> that on VHS. It's a good one. It's a, it's good, a good, one. good movie. <laughs> Animation, man, they don't make them like these two. But um, so what is uh, the one after uh, Passover? 
The one right after Passover is unleavened bread. Okay. And so um, it's, so tr- traditionally Passover is when the, the lambs are sacrificed and then they have their Seder dinner. And then Passover is when it starts unleavened bread. So Jesus is our Passover lamb, was sacrificed on Passover, and then he was buried during unleavened bread. Mm. And unleavened bread has Sabbath tied in with it, like we had talked with Sabbath. Mm-hmm. It's called high Sabbath, meaning the... Um, the first day of the feast is a Sabbath, whether or not it's on a Saturday or not. Uh-huh. So it's called a high Sabbath. So it's like the Thanksgiving of the church calendar. Exactly. Well, <laughs> well if you think of any... it lands on different... <laughs> exactly. Well, Christmas doesn't always land on a Thursday, right? Okay. Or on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And and so same same with this. And so if it doesn't land on a Saturday, they still have Sabbath. So you end up with the Sabbath and this rest. And that's where Christ was buried mm-hmm. and rested in the grave. And then what we see with first fruits is that happens at the length of time three days later. And so Christ then becomes our first fruit mm-hmm. because of being raised from the dead. And he's called our first fruits in 1 Corinthians 15 with the resurrection right. from the dead. Yeah. So all of these different elements point to different aspects of Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection. Now, you had talked about the requirements of these festivals mm-hmm. yes. or feasts. What were some of those things and how do they tie into this whole narrative as well. Exactly. One of one of the things that I love is all of the details that they, we gave us in that uh, last week of Jesus really point to something specific in the Old Testament. Mm. So for example, the lambs in, in Leviticus 23 are to be brought into their household on the 10th of Nisan, which the Sabbath is not till the 14th of Nisan. And so there's this five-day period where the lamb is in their home to see if there is unblemished or not. Mm. And there's a connection that's built with this lamb, because you have an animal in your home, yeah. that when that lamb then is sacrificed on your behalf, there is a different personal connection. Mm-hmm. So when we look at the last week of Jesus, we see um, that he ends up coming into town on the first day of, uh, or, um, and in, according to Mark 9, on the 10th of Nisan. Mm, wow. <laughs> so he comes in to Jerusalem on the 10th of Nisan, and then he is grilled by all of the different Pharisees and Sadducees being tested and ends with his trial where Pilate's saying, I can't find anything wrong with him. Wow. Before he goes as crucified on Passover. And so as we've been digging through and seeing these different things, it's like, oh my goodness, God is so intentional in how he's pointing to Jesus and his coming. Yeah, that's amazing. Yes. Gives me the goose pimples. <laughs> and that's just the scratching the surface, Oh, no. <laughs> My skin can't handle it, Jamie. <laughs> um, wow, that's, yeah, that's amazing. So what's next? What's next? Well, so he um, is buried mm-hmm. on the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the Feast of Unleavened Bread really, as I mentioned, talks about leaven and sin. And so leading up to Passover, it's traditional for the Jewish customs, you have to clean out all of the leaven. Mm-hmm. And it's a deep clean for them. And they even have this little ceremony where the dad comes around on the day before with a candle and a feather and a spoon. And they go to each room and they search out leaven and they spoop, like brush it onto the spoon and then they burn it. And, and so all of this leaven is gone. And wow. so they start that portion of the Feast of Unleavened Bread with this cleaning and then with the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it they eat unleavened bread for seven days. Mm. And um, I don't know if you've ever had just flour and water that has not had any kind of leaven or 
fermentation in it all, but it tastes like cardboard. Yeah, it's a real treat for the mouth. <laughs> it is. But I, I can imagine, you know, the leaven is sin. If I'm eating this unleavened bread for seven whole days, it's going to really reveal the sin in my own heart, starting mm-hmm. with complaining probably on day two. So uh, <laughs> 30 minutes in, I'm like, I need my Wonder Bread. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so even with the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it, th- that gives us kind of this comparison with holiness and unholiness and Mm -hmm. how we can't make ourselves our own lump. And so as we look through particularly Corinthians and we see that there's this element of confession, that when we bring and we confess our sins, Jesus comes and we become new lumps. So we as a women's ministry decided that instead of having mugs that says like we are God's princesses, (laughs) we want mugs that say we're new lumps. (laughs) I would like to be a new lump. I'd like that. (laughs) Exactly. We can go with the whole new lump thing. And so, yeah. So the, I mean, I can't help but see the contrast in how we treat sin, mm-hmm. you know, in comparison to how these family units would go out and clean out leaven. Exactly. And if you make the the jump between leaven and sin, um, I can't hardly be bothered sometimes to to <laughs> <laughs> clean out the cup holders in the car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, not a chance. No, you want me to drag my vacuum cleaner out there? Yeah, it's a amazing just to see the dedication that they had. Mm-hmm. You know, because. It tells us, you know, a little lump, leaven leavens a whole lump. Yes. And I think that the, at least what I'm perceiving is the illustration there of our own lives. We mm-hmm. make room for these things and they they do exactly what they wa- are, are by nature going to do, which mm-hmm. is to multiply, pervade, sneak, you know, mm-hmm. start working in the background while we're not paying attention. And we think it's just... I just gossip just a, little a little bit something. or a little gluttony, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. And it does, it becomes pervasive. And I think that's why they're commanded to do this deep clean. And I imagine while you're doing this deep clean, this is what you're thinking about, mm-hmm. right? And so it gives this element of reflection on the fact that we are desperately sinners, but it's also a feast. Mm-hmm. And so it's contrasted with the fact that Christ makes us new lumps. So there's a celebration aspect to it too that becomes even more celebratory when we are obedient and do the reflection first. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So where does that lead so um, with the Passover and the Unleavened Bread, it's actually where communion was instituted. Mm-hmm. And so we see both of those elements in the feast of communion for, you know, if we're going to call communion a feast where mm-hmm. we see um, Christ is our Passover lamb and that's what we're remembering and the, 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 the bread that was broken for his body. And we as the ladies took a closer look into even that last, the institution of communion and how it ties into both of these because... Christ is giving them unleavened bread, which is kind of looks battered and broken. And if you've ever seen matzah striped, it's Mm -hmm. all of those. It's called the bread of affliction. And so when we see Isaiah 53 and we see what Christ has done on the cross, we see that there's this parallel. And he's saying, my body is like this bread of affliction that is broken for you. Oh, man. I don't. I mean, I don't go out and buy unleavened bread. That's because it tastes terrible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But thinking that way, you know, you visualize that and you're holding this unleavened bread in your hand Mm -hmm. like, Ah, that makes your stomach mm-hmm. turn a little bit. Yeah, and then with that cup that he hands them, he's it's he's giving them um, a new covenant. It's a betrothal cup. Did we talk about this already? We didn't, huh? And so, what would typically happen would be um, a a gr- potential groom would write up a contract and take it to his potential father-in-law, and they would decide on this contract, which included a bride price. Mm-hmm. And then that gentleman would take a cup 
of wine and hand it to his prospective bride. And if she takes it and receives it, they are under contract. Mm. They're under covenant. And so what would happen then is um, he would give his potential bride some uh, a gift of some sort while he goes away to remember him by. And then he goes and he builds a house, a room on his father's house. Mm. And uh, when, he, when the father then says, this is good, you are ready to go, he can go and find his bride. So only the father knows when that bridegroom is coming back. I don't know that I can discern all of the possible... <laughs> parallels there, there's so many <laughs> yeah. and and the bride is waiting and while she's waiting you know there's this there's different things that she does but she's listening for the shofar mm. which is the trumpet when her her bridegroom is going to be returning and that's foreshadowing of a feast of trumpets and first thessalonians and, and yeah. those different passages and so essentially the feast of communion yes it's remembering what christ did on the cross and the fact that we are under covenant with him we are mm. accepting his covenant of marriage. It's not a business contract. There's an intimacy there. Yeah. And so the Passover and under unleavened bread really is communion for mm-hmm. us as New Testament believers. And so we we see the the principles and the things that God is teaching his people in the Old Testament have, there's an analogous piece that comes along with the New Testament. Yeah. And again, something that we, I mean, I know I, growing up for me, I never knew anything about these things, mm-hmm. the feasts. And, you know, I knew about Passover and I knew about um, the Lord's table, but that was about as close as I got. And again, mostly due to Prince of Egypt. But <laughs> <laughs> you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is amazing to see mm-hmm. how they all push you forward in the narrative and say, look, look. Exactly. Exactly. And then it's followed that same week by first fruits. Mm. And so first fruits is where they would take their first of the barley harvest, a sheaf of it, which is about half a gallon's worth of grain, I found out. Oh. And they would wave, uh, the priests would wave it as a wave offering unto to, to God, and then they would be able to partake of it and became the celebration. There was music and dancing, and it, be, it was a, a big deal because when the first fruits are accepted, it is indica- indicative of what is to come. Because if you have a first, that means you're going to have a second and a third right. and fourth. And so we see that for those feasts of first fruits, that's actually when we see Christ's resurrection. It happens mm. the day after Sabbath. Wow. <laughs> and so we see God giving his best to us mm-hmm. as an example that we are to give our best to God. So what would that look like on the New Testament side of things, Chris? How do we give our best oh. to God? Um, I think of the idea that we are to live as a living sacrifice mm-hmm. yes. to, to the Father, mm-hmm. um, that we are to put our will aside that, you know, like his prayer in Gethsemane, not my will, but your will be mm-hmm. done. So following those models of saying, okay, I've been bought with a price. So exactly. A bride life, price. Bride price. <laughs> Say that 10 times fast. Bride price. Um, so my life should reflect that. Exactly. And it will reflect that as we are, are a living sacrifice. In our money, tithes and mm-hmm. offerings, in our words, in our marriages, in our parenting, in our um, dream, like our, our dreams for the future and our mm-hmm. aspirations, all of these different things we can give as first fruits to our best, to our God and trust him because he has already given his best to us. Yeah. And so when we see, you know, Passover and unleavened bread and just the communion that comes out of that, and then we see first fruits and we see these tithes and these offerings of praise 
well, that looks a lot like a Sunday morning, does it not? Yeah. You know? And so we have these same things that God is teaching us and showing us, even though we might do it a little differently. Mm -hmm. And it's so... It, that kind of answers the question you asked before. Oh, how are we supposed to do this as a New Testament believer? Yeah, but it's the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the same things that we're remembering, and it adds such richness and depth to it. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes it can be easy to you wake up. It's Sunday morning. You're like, gosh, I should probably go. You talk yourself into it, and you go, and then you're like, okay, how much longer is this guy gonna gonna talk to me from mm-hmm. the pulpit? And I want lunch. Um, but I I really do feel like the more you can. Uh, not just know we need to be transformed by this information, mm-hmm. but but the more you study God's word and, and you search out these things, the more everything f- falls into place and you go, wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Like just as I start digging and as we study this together, I just find myself saying that all the time. Wow. I can't believe how much my God loves me, how much he pursues me, how intentional he is with all of these different aspects yeah. of the feast that he had made to as we obey him, just like the Old Testament Israelites obeyed these feasts, they were able to see and know him in a different way. Yeah. And it pointed to what he was going to do. And we get to see the fulfillment of that and praise him for that yeah. result. And look forward to him coming back. Exactly, which is going to be the next set of feasts. <gasps> okay, I won't, I won't jump the gun. <laughs> he said trumpets, and I'm going, okay, wait a minute. Well, I trumpet. still have to do the studying. Remember, I'm doing it the Th- same time that's as right, there. That's right. <laughs> We'll get there. Yeah, we'll see you guys <laughs> next time for your answers. Um, well, thank you so much for bringing this. As always, it is an encouragement, and there's I always leave very encouraged from this information, and um, I know a lot of our women do, and so thank well, you thanks, for Chris. sharing. I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for, for letting me yes. blab at you. <laughs> yes, ah, and blab you did. <laughs> well, we will get you guys next time. Thanks, Jamie. You're welcome. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.